You may have seen advertisements for virtual health visits or perhaps counseling sessions available online. In today's podcast, we'll talk about how telecounseling works and how it's different from telehealth or virtual doctor's visits. For some, telecounseling can provide a convenient method to speak to a mental health professional, but you may be wondering about your privacy or insurance coverage. Mike Tozer is our guest today, and he'll give us all the details on the benefits and limitations of telecounseling. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. A tumble on the field, a slip on the ice, years of repetitive wear and tear. We can help you. We fix broken bones, repair and replace joints, help people improve mobility and relieve pain. Sarah Bush Lincoln has some of the most highly skilled orthopedic and hand surgeons in the country, and they want to help you get back to the things you love. Learn more at sarahbush.org. Sarah Bush Lincoln, trusted, compassionate care. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing good. My name is Lori Banks, your host for Health Styles, and my guest today is none other than Mike Tozer, licensed clinical professional counselor from Sarah Bush Lincoln, and today we're talking about telecounseling. Mike, first of all, with the pandemic, you know, we saw a lot of things like virtual visits, you know, with our providers come into play, so seeing a medical provider on your phone, on your computer, via Zoom is, you know, kind of not a new thing for us. But I want you to talk about the difference between telehealth and telecounseling. Well, thank you, Lori. Thank you for having me again, as usual. With the pandemic, we found this, what we believed to have been this new telecounseling phenomenon. But in all reality, this had been going on for several years more so in what they called online counseling, where you would do more by phone or you would actually counsel through email. <clears throat> so there was some, starting within the last 10 years, of a video, but there's a very specific distinction between telehealth and telecounseling. You'll hear the, the term telehealth used a lot, don't confuse the two because telehealth is basically more about seeing your medical provider than it is a counselor. Even your insurance companies might kind of not get the distinction, but telehealth is really about like when you meet with your provider online, like your primary care or even like Sarah Bush has like that kind of triage, like, walk-in clinic, basically walk into your own telehealth clinic visit. And it's really supposed to be very, very short-term and recommendations. With telecounseling, it's what it says. You're counseling over a television, a telescreen, and even a telephone at times. And you're literally doing counseling like you would be in somebody's office uh, for that allotted time, usually 50 minutes. So is this something that you do in your practice? I know you see a lot of most of your people in person, but do you have people that you do this with? Yes. It's something that is now offered through EAP whenever we put out contracts. This is one of the things that they're signing up for is – the option of either coming in to the office or doing 
telecounseling. And it's something that still, we're seeing a lot of people still prefer to come in the office, but the value of telehealth, or I mean the value of telecounseling becomes a lot of times more about, I want to say logistics or time. We all know that our time is valuable. So when you choose to do telecounseling, let's say that you live 30 minutes from where you have to go to the office, you're generally talking about two to two and a half hours taking up, taken up. With telecounseling, literally, you cut that by an hour to an hour and a half. So that's valuable time, especially if you have young children that you have to attend to. And also children can do telecounseling as well, which is can be interesting but also very fun because a lot of times it's nicer to see the kids in their own environment and you can get pretty creative with them as well. So it does offer like um, a better chance at maybe managing your time, which we've all, which we've talked about, like the value of time. But it also, you know, it eliminates, you know, sometimes the headaches of having to take time out, arrange for child care or arrange for time off the job. A lot of people will do this on their lunch hour. Just go up, you can go out in the, in the privacy of your vehicle and, and do it. And, you know, you don't have the stigma of maybe walking into a certain provider's office and have someone see you walking in but, there. Yeah, and that's a good point that you bring up. It does help with some of the stigma involved with the way people think. That's the stigma itself is being changed. But, but still, a lot of people worry about that. So you have also, you know, so, you know, it's beneficial it's a little more convenient. You're not traveling. Um, are you able to get in any faster in, in any cases through a telecounseling visit, or it's just booked like anything else, like it, any like in-person visits? No, thanks for asking that question because it, some places, yes, with us it's the same mm-hmm. as scheduling any appointment. I think that after you get your initial appointment, sometimes telehealth may help you get in sooner than what you normally would. And by that, I mean, like, if you were going to schedule a time when you wanted to come in, it may be at a time where it's a pretty high volume, like in the late afternoon or into the early evening. Instead, like, if you can do take a one-hour lunch break you're probably going to be able to get in quicker doing it that way than probably by about two weeks, mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you. I, I know I hate to say that out loud and over the microphone, but, like, there's quite a demand for counseling, as everybody knows. So uh, telehealth can provide an option like that where you can get in, you know, maybe a little quicker after your initial visit. Okay. So are there some limitations to doing telecounseling? So when you do telecounseling, the things that you need to, to keep in mind are this. How, first of all, how do you access telecounseling? So there's a couple ways to do this. Uh, for insurance, 
you have on, you know, everybody has on their insurance cards uh, uh, a number to call when it comes to mental health or substance abuse counseling. So you would call that number and you would ask specifically, um, do they cover telecounseling? More and more are doing so, and some of your bigger name carriers like Blue Cross and Blue Shield and um, ours, the Consociate, and and a lot of others um, are as well. Uh, there are still some that um, don't like it or, or won't reimburse it, but a lot more are, and I think that that became more so a thing. I think there was even actually a law signed in temporarily that I think is just kind of carried on with some insurance companies of um, reimbursing for those visits. The other thing is check with your human resources and ask if there's an EAP program because practically all EAP programs now are providing this option. So um, that becomes the limitations, like will it be covered or not? Mm -hmm. And the other things that you need to keep in mind is that when you do so, you need to ask, you need to ask them if this is if they're on an encrypted server. So when you're talking to the clinic or the provider, correct? Okay, that doesn't protect you. Like if you're out, you know, in in your home or in your car, doing this, and we prefer not people not to do that, but but the goal is to make sure that they're that when they're doing something, they're in a private place where um, people aren't coming in or, or can be around. So if you well, I have people in their car and they'll like be in a park or whatever and away from other people, but we do tell them, you know, we're encrypted. We know you're not. That means that we can't provide you with 100% guarantee that something might not happen. Like the data could be intercepted by something inadvertently usually or the video itself so you have to get permission from that client it's usually sent through um they have telehealth telecounseling consents Mm -hmm. now where you where they go over it it's just like when you come to the doctor and you consent for treatment it's the same thing and it's something that is really important to have the other thing is you know sometimes connections get cut off there can be poor connectivity and uh, so there there are those obvious things wi-fi's go out (laughs) you know and it happens in the middle usually the provider will tell you what will happen in the event of some of of being cut off the other thing is the emergency aspect all um, well, what all sh- providers should tell you at the outset is that if they, if there's an emergency situation come up, especially like if they're talking about suicide or harming someone else, that we will immediately contact 911 and have them go to the location that this person is. So that's different than having somebody sitting in your office and having that threat. So, those are some of the limitations and even risks that um, can happen with uh, telecounseling. 
Are there certain people, maybe age groups or different types of conditions that telecounseling would not be a good choice for? So sometimes you have people that have more complex or more serious mental illness. You know, sometimes people that are high, you know, that are are at risk for suicide or have high risk factors for suicide. Maybe a complex diagnosis with bipolar disorder and trauma or depression and trauma or sometimes schizophrenia, uh, things that are more chronic in nature or more volatile where it's harder to be able to basically manage than it is like over, you know, because over telecounseling, because people can just shut off the video. I mean, obviously people can walk out of here, but you have a better sense of, of where they're at, what, what they're like, where they're headed. Like, so you have those kinds of things in place, but sometimes it's just people with more chronic um, symptoms, more volatile symptoms, like they do better face to face than they do uh, without, you know, than they do with telecounseling. It just can be a little easier to manage still. It's not to say that that hasn't happened, but in my case, I've had that happen to me where there's been somebody that was more chronic and we were doing telecounseling and it didn't work out very well. So um, some of this has been about learning these things along the way as well. Um, though I said that it started before the pandemic, like the pandemic has really catapulted into, you know, the here and now. And so not every, it's like anything else with technology. We don't catch up with it as quickly and we don't have all the unforeseen things that can happen. So sometimes we go through, through these things by not being able to know every situation and learning from things that come up. So when you do your visits, are you doing them like as a video call so you can see the person, they can see you? Because as the provider, does that help you to see them, see their eyes, see their facial reactions and, and being able to assess and help them? Yes, that's basically, I mean, if you think of a Zoom call, mm-hmm. all of us are pretty much familiar with Zoom <laughs> calls now. Um, I don't let them turn the you know, video off or okay. the audio off. I mean, if they do, you know, I tell them if they want to do things like that, that we will likely terminate the session at that time. I don't want to get into like more of the clinical aspects of doing of all of that, but essentially what you're asking them, unless it's, it's a specified telephone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just like a zoom call where you're face to face and talking with each other a lot of times it's more helpful because a lot of times it can be helpful. Like I mentioned with children, they can go show me their room and the stuff that they play with. They, the children can become very relaxed because they begin to like, you know, be in their natural habitat, so to speak. And with adults, um, sometimes people aren't really good about getting out into society. They have social anxiety or they're depressed and are having trouble making it to then so having being able to see them on video sometimes in their own element especially with depression like you can really get a sense of like what they're talking about through their environment sometimes not you know sometimes they won't like 
adults are a little more sensitive about showing you everything than, than the children are. But still, sometimes it's a, a really good tool to get a sense of like what people are talking about, especially if you, you've been used to them coming in your office, they describe it, but you know as well as I do when you can see it, you know, it, it can have better benefit. So for you and for our counselors here at Sarah Bush Lincoln, are you guys using a certain software platform or an app, or are you actually using, like, FaceTime or Zoom? What do you use? We are not using FaceTime. Okay. <laughs> okay. I <didn't... laughs> think so. We do, we do have a specific software that the okay. hospital uses um, that, is, that is monitored by our tech people here, our IT people, um, that we can coordinate with, um, and it is encrypted. So, and it's, you know, it's an established, reputable one that we just didn't go out, out on the internet and it's say, hey, let's try this one, you know, because it's free or whatever. So, yeah, we use a, a particular one, or we're supposed to anyway. I know for telecounseling, now I can't tell you if it's the same one across a hospital for telehealth. Or, okay, yeah, I should specify telecounseling. Yeah, so, um, and I don't know that aspect okay. of, of it. So if you decide, hey, I want to try telecounseling, if someone sends you a Zoom invite for the tele, should you be alarmed or say, hey, we'll FaceTime this? Should you as the patient be a little like, I don't know if I trust this or not? No, we will tell you at the you know that you will get a, a link sent. Okay, so you get like a quote Zoom invite. You yeah, get a you, link to go to. You get a link to go to. Um, it will a- and it will ask you. Will tell you that you're being invited by, you know, um, Mike Tozer to have your appointment at such and such a time. They click on the link, you know, and then we we hook up and then we go through all of the. Like I talked about earlier, the confidentiality and all of the risks and benefits and all of that type of stuff initially. And then um, as we go from session to session, we just kind of touch base. Do you remember all these? You still agreeable? Yes. And, And so it becomes a much smoother process after the first time around. I mean, it can be confusing. You know, one of the limitations that I didn't present earlier is you know, people that are much, much older, the elderly, are always really good with technology. I mean, even, you know, I guess we'll call it, you know, a lot of the boomers aren't <laughs> that great with it. And and then just people, some people in general just aren't, you know, really good with technology. So they may not opt to do that. But if they do, we make sure that we try to explain it best we can. And, and if we're not connecting We'll call over the phone, you know, and find out what's going on. So sometimes, like when you're starting, getting started with this, there are things like that. And, you know, don't worry if, if the counselor, if you get a link, but the counselor's five minutes late or so, just because appointments might be running over. We don't want to do like that. Just like a regular doctor's <laughs> office, yeah. it, they can run late. We're, we're pretty good, though. We're pretty good about getting in. You know, if we are going to be running a little later than what, I mean, much later than we'll have, you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let our office staff, can you please contact the person and let them know. So that's, um, you know, there are those things built into it, and it's not perfect. You know, it really, you know, you can't, it's, 
technology will only let you do as much as it allows you to do. So that's, you know, that's the thing to keep in mind is there's convenience. There are these issues with it. Um, if you're uncertain about whether your insurance covers it and you've picked somebody out, uh, call that office and find out, like, are you covered? You know, there is a really good resource. Like, um, Psychology Today has, like, a whole section of, like, providers in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually, if you're in the state of Illinois, they'll allow only the state of only people that are licensed in the state of Illinois. So one thing about telecounseling is you don't always have to necessarily be local. You can get people from, you know, down in the the Collinsville area or up in the Chicago area or over in the Springfield area. It's, it's you, that's the other thing is like you get, you can have a broader um, pool to choose from Mm -hmm. than maybe just the, few that like when you open up a, a web page or whatever and say Coles County or whatever you have a few like you can say state of Illinois and there's thousands of these clinicians that come up so that's just it there's more opportunities for people to get in and see somebody yeah there there can be yeah so do you think people are hesitant thinking oh this is not going to work if I don't really believe in counseling in person to begin with <laughs> how is this over the phone you know on my computer is it really going to work yeah there's you know, you have those, you know, people are skeptical about it. If you haven't done it before, if you haven't done counseling at all before, uh, yeah, it would be, you know, it's going to be difficult, you know, it's difficult enough for people to come into the office. That doesn't change much. You know, I have the same reaction from a lot of people who have never done counseling. They're very nervous and uh, they're not quite certain how it's going to go. So again, it's about explaining the process of counseling. And even though it's on video, you know, you walk them, you try to walk them through the best you can. And and the introduction really is key. Like you have to go through all of these legal and technical things, but the way you do it becomes very important. Just, and we do the same thing in office. We go through these things, but um, how you put a, a client at ease really, you know, it's still important no matter whether you do it in person or through video. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. To recap, here are the things you should check out before using telecounseling. If you're employed, check with your human resource department to see what services are available and if telecounseling is an option. Be sure to check with your insurance provider as well. You can access a wide variety of counseling professionals from around the country, but not all insurance companies will accept someone who is not in your home state. And finally, ask the provider if they are using an encrypted platform for the counseling session. This is an extra measure of privacy you'll want to have. We hope you'll join us again real soon. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you always know when we have new shows available. And remember to always speak to your healthcare provider if you have questions or concerns about your physical or mental health. I'm Lori Banks for Health Styles. Have a great day.